Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 71. Since most of us are not independently wealthy, we're usually looking for the best possible deal on our Royal Caribbean cruise so that we can save a little bit more money on the cruise itself when we get there. This week, let's look at the ways to get the best possible price for your cruise so you can get the most affordable cruise vacation that's out there. Here we go. This week's topic actually comes from one of our listeners, Chad Nip, and Chad asked about info for finding the best deals and when to look for them. It's a great topic, and of course, everyone's always looking for a good deal on a cruise, right? I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. Even myself, when I'm looking at a cruise, I'm not just buying the first thing that comes to mind. I'm looking to see, is there possibly a better deal that's out there? And there's so much that goes into finding what's, quote-unquote, a cruise deal. Now, of course, deal is a relative term, right? What You know, you might see a Oasis these cruise for a certain price and be like, wow, that's an amazing deal. And I might say, wow, that's really expensive or vice versa. It doesn't matter. The reality is it just means different things to different people. But basically, we're talking about getting the best possible price for your cruise that you're looking to take. And there's a lot that goes into it, honestly. it's There's no one easy answer. There's no silver bullet. But let's look at a couple of different things you have to keep in mind. Number one, first and foremost, book early. And you know this is something, a mantra perhaps, that you've heard a lot of from Royal Caribbean itself and travel agencies, and you know what? It's true. If you want to get the best possible deal, one of the best things you can do is book early to get the lowest possible rate. Cruise lines want to book their cruises well in advance. They want to announce their itineraries, start putting them on sale, and people to book them all immediately, so that way they don't have to worry about the cruise ship not being full when it comes to sailing. The thing is, it's just like anything in economics, it's about supply and demand. When a cruise ship goes on sale for the first time, there is the full supply, and as soon as people start buying up those staterooms, prices go up because, of course, the supply dwindles and and demand may increase, in fact. So booking early can essentially lock in one of the best prices without anything else that's out there. And I think it's really one of the best things you do. If you know you want to go on a spring break cruise or you want to go in the summer and you know, next year, two years from now, whatever it is, what you want to do is make sure you book it as soon as you know it because it's just going to lock in that price. And if you're going during these busy times of year, if you're looking at perhaps the holidays, you know, Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving, these are all very busy times. These are all times when prices can really skyrocket a lot, especially on Royal Caribbean's more famous ships, right? The Oasis class, the Freedom class, the Quantum class. If you want to make that a cruise for you, book early, make sure you take advantage of that. And we're going to talk about some other things that are going to help bring down that price, even maybe after that. But if you know you have an, uh, an idea of when you're looking to go, and you know you're, you're just it's you know it's pretty much a reality, or you know enough that you probably want to make it at least book something so that way you have a your spot reserved, book in advance, book early. There is no such thing as too early. Don't think to yourself, well, I'm looking for a 2017 cruise. Let's say December 2017, a date that if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out is well in advance, almost two years in fact from when this podcast aired. And I want to go on that kind of a cruise. I want to take my family there during that time. You know, you say, well, that's crazy. Why would I book that, right? I mean, I don't book anything else. That I can wait another year and then we'll book it. You know what? As soon as that cruise goes on sale, you should book it, even though that's a ridiculous amount of time to book something in advance, but it will get you one of the better prices that's out there. And it's something that you really should look at if you can plan that far in advance. So definitely booking early is a big, 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 big tip. Also, Whenever you're booking any cruise, make sure if you go through Royal Caribbean directly or use a travel agent or some sort of website, ask for if there are any special rates for you. There's usually special rates for residents of certain states in the United States, senior citizens, people that have served in the military, police officers, union members, and 
There's a whole lot of others that can vary depending on what Royal Caribbean is looking to sell. So it doesn't hurt to ask. Always say, hey, you know, if you're a public servant, if you've done any, you, know, you live in a certain state, make sure you mention all these things because you never know. There can be deals that are out there. Now, speaking of one of those, actually, in terms of being a special someone, the Crown and Anchor Society is another place where you can get great deals that are out there. Now, there used to be this thing called Crown and Anchor Saving Certificates, and they've been replaced just simply by Crown and Anchor Exclusive Rates. Essentially, what Royal Caribbean is doing is saying, if you're a Crown and Anchor member, and basically to be a Crown and Anchor member, all you have to have done is cruised once with Royal Caribbean, pretty much for, I think, any duration of a cruise. So as long as you have status with them, you qualify. And... You can get special rates. A lot of these rates are usually a little far out in advance. They're not like last-minute cruises. They're usually like in a, somewhere in the ballpark of, I would say, 6 to 12 to even 18 months out there. But it can be a great way. Again, remember, booking early, this is a great way to kind of combine the two. So if you are if you cruise to Royal Caribbean before and you're looking to book a cruise, make sure you check out that section. You actually go to royalcaribbean.com, go to the Crown and Anchor Society, and there you're going to find a link for the exclusive rates that Royal Caribbean offers its members. And you can get things like balcony and suite discounts that can go up to you know as much as $350, which is a lot of money. So you want to make sure you take advantage of it. Take a look. There was one time I was booking, you know, as you think many of you know, I took that Jewel of the Seas cruise uh, last year. And we took that cruise, and it was one of those cruises where I was just looking around for cruise deals and you know, happy to find, ooh, that looks like a nice one. And then I did exactly what I just said. I went to the Crown Anchor website, and bam, there was a, at the time, it was a savings certificate. Same thing. And it was, and so, wow, my cruise I wanted, I can actually save some more money. So, again, it all helps if you can take advantage of that. Now, also, the other thing is if you don't know necessarily well in advance or you didn't have that opportunity to book well in advance, the other thing to do is book at the full payment date. For Royal Caribbean, that's about 90 days in advance. And that's essentially the date where Royal Caribbean says, all right, Everybody put a deposit down. You got to pay up. It's like the bookie calling in the uh, all the outstanding debts that are out there. And that's a, I'm sure Royal Caribbean doesn't like that example, but you know what I mean. So at the 90-day window, you need to either pay your deposit, pay your full deposit, pay the full rate of the cruise, or you have to give back that cabin and you lose it. So your deposit's gone. So a lot of people end up just paying it, but I would say there's a sizable amount that don't. There's a variety of reasons people forget. People decide, eh, I really can't afford it. Eh, I can't go on that cruise. Who knows? Whatever. Tons of reasons, right? But a lot of the supply comes back into the pool, but very, very quickly, right? Because what happens is that 90-day window hits, the pool slightly increases a little bit, and then you'll see the price maybe even drop a little bit or more inventory come on board. This is a very common thing. People see this online. Ah, Royal Caribbean's trying to jip us because the uh, you know I just made a final payment, and now I can't rebook the, t- the cruise anymore, and... Price has gone down. It's not really the case. It's just against supply and demand. And a lot of people just jump on that. So if you can, and by can, I mean you can pay the full price. That's what Royal Caribbean is going to require of you at that point. You can take advantage of that. It's one of the best times to get a deal. And the other thing is when you're booking a cruise, and this is an important thing to understand. If you book a cruise two years in advance, you book a cruise 12 months in advance, you book a cruise nine months in advance, it doesn't matter when. Whenever you book your cruise, between the date you book your cruise and your final payment date, you should be looking for discounts every single day. Now, a good travel agent will be on top of this. And this is why I'm a big fan of using travel agents because I think they add a lot of value to your cruise vacation because they're going to allow you to get the best possible deal, not just when you book, but also every day between when you go to book and when you actually have to pay the final rate. Now, Royal Caribbean does allow you to change the, your price if the price does change. And I've done that a number of times. Now, 
So most times it's only like, you know, maybe $20 here, $100 here, but who among us can't say you wouldn't want to save 20 or $100, right? But checking on those prices and and not just checking on the prices, checking on the deals. A great example. Let me give you one right here. So I went booking I booked Freedom of the Seas for next July. It's a cruise I'm taking for a friend of mine is getting married. We're going on that cruise. Great. Going to be a fun time, right? Perfect. So I booked that well in advance. I think I booked that a couple months ago in fact. And I booked it, and when you know the, the my friend you know said, "Oh, we're going on this cruise. You know, we'd love for you to join us." And I said, "Oh, cool. I can't resist a Royal Caribbean cruise, of course." And so, and and we like you too, but you know, <laughs> so we booked the cruise. But you know what? When I booked it, I knew it wasn't a good deal. But I said to myself, "That's okay, because I know what's going to happen. I know this price is going to change." And so I booked the cruise to get my reserve my spot again. Remember what I said earlier: booking early. And then what I did was I kept checking on it, and then Royal Caribbean released its. A third and fourth passenger free deal, which was perfect, dropped my price considerably. So keep in mind that it's not just about what the price is, but also look at those promotional rates that come out there. And this offers you, again, the ability to rebook your cruise at the new rate with the new discount and lock that in. So again, in my case, I used my travel agent. They did it all for me, but done. Don't have to worry about it. So that's, again, why I'm a huge fan of travel agents. I don't want to send a Royal Caribbean's phone hotline and have to wait on hold for them to take care of it let someone else do it for you so that's why again make sure that when you book your cruise you're not just looking at the cruise price and deal today you're looking at it between now and when your uh, final payment is due now the other thing you're want to do of course also is look around what the different offers are now royal caribbean pricing for cruises should be universal meaning if you go to royalcaribbean.com versus you go to uh, some major website maybe you go to some travel agent the price of the cruise, in terms of you know what your stateroom costs and taxes and all that, should be it should be pretty much the same across the board. But the difference is there are other booking incentives that are available to you, and the thing is you have to look around to see what's out there too. And you shouldn't be afraid to ask one to match another one. So here's a good example: of this you might go to RoyalCaribbean.com. Royal Caribbean will offer you, let's say, they're doing. Ooh, how about that discount I mentioned earlier? They did the. Uh, third and fourth passenger free deal, right? That was a deal that was out there. They've been doing other deals ever since, but, you know, that's the deal that's out there. Okay, so that deal's going to be available to everybody. Great. But you might have a different travel issue that's going to offer you an onboard bonus on top of that. That's right. They'll say, you know what? We'll give you, depending on the stateroom category you book, uh, some state onboard credit. You know, so you book a balcony, maybe get another extra $100 in onboard credit from them. Who knows? That could be a way to do it. So you want to look to stack these particular offers if you can and look what's out there. Certain travel agencies offer different deals, different booking incentives. The price won't change. Again, it's just that you get something in addition to what you can find just by booking with the Royal Caribbean directly. So look around for those and it can really make an option to really sweeten the deal, so to speak. Now, another way to get a deal is what Royal Caribbean calls guaranteed cabins. You may have seen this. So you go to book a, you go to, best place to do is you go to royalcaribbean.com. You look around the cruise. You find the stateroom category. And you click on, let's say you click on balcony. And you look at the balcony category. You see the prices. And then down at the bottom, there's going to be something called a guaranteed category. Basically, you do not know what cabin you actually have, what number. You are guaranteed it will be a balcony cabin. So you'll have a balcony. It'll be a certain size based on that. It'll be in the range of balcony stateroom's on the chip, but you just don't know which number it is. For Royal Caribbean, this allows them a little flexibility. They can continue selling their more uh, desirable staterooms to people who want to pay for it in advance, and meanwhile, they're going to keep at least one for you. And when the end of the cruise, when basically when the cruise comes around, and it's time to say, okay, well, you know, everyone's here, we're, we're cutting off the sales, 
And okay, uh, Matt is going on the cruise, and Matt booked a guaranteed cabin. All right, let's see. Let's get him the best cabin that's still available for you. Now again, you're guaranteed one. So if the ship filled up to capacity, no other cabins available. There'll at least be one available for you. It will save you money because you're giving Royal Caribbean a little more flexibility. A little say, you know, what, I'm going to be on there, but I trust you to give me something. Usually, I mean, at worst case, you're going to get a cabin that maybe has a obstructed view or is somewhere you maybe all the way forward or all the way aft. But it's a balcony cabin, and you're going to save money. You can often save hundreds of dollars. In fact, depends on the stateroom category you have. And this, they, you can do this for inside staterooms, ocean view staterooms, and balcony staterooms. I don't think I've ever seen this for suites. Maybe I'm, it might have happened before, but I'm telling you what, I, what I've experienced. And this is a good way to be able to again get a slightly better deal than anybody else. But again, you don't know which particular room you're going to have. So if you're the kind of person who says, look, I got to have a stateroom that's on this deck or I want to be in midship or I want to be, you know, I like the aft cruising experience. This is not for you. But if you're someone who's like, you know what? I've cruised before. I really don't. It doesn't mean a whole lot to me. And if I can save a hundred bucks, I can save a hundred bucks. Then this is a great way to do it. So look for those guaranteed cabin options as well. Now, also, Lower rates can often be fine on other, depending on which ship you're looking at. Now, of course, these days we're all talking about Quantum of the Seas and, and the Oasis Seas, right? The big ships, brand new, what Royal Caribbean is really pushing, but they've got a lot of other ships. There's, you know, over 20 ships in the fleet. So if you're looking for better deals, if you want to say, I need to get on a Royal Caribbean ship, but I also got to save a lot of money. I need something that's really going to bring price point down. Well, Look at some of the older ships in the fleet. And there's nothing wrong with them by any means. I mean, I've been on the Radiance class. The Vision class is great. But these ships that have been in the fleet for a while don't get the usual attention. They also serve different ports. Maybe they're not sailing out of Port Everglades or Miami or New York. They're sailing out of Galveston. They're sailing out of New Orleans. They're sailing out of different places. And these kind of ships, again, what Royal Caribbean has to do is they have the structure, right? So a ship like Quantum of the Seas, brand new. It's top of the line right now. It's the kind of ship that they can charge a premium for. The Oasis class, same thing. They're still charging a premium because it's the Oasis class. It's a, it's a newer ship. It offers a lot of what people are looking for. Again, supply and demand, right? Now, let's go back to the other side of the spectrum. Jewel of the Seas, which is a Radiance class ship, sails out of San Juan. San Juan is a hard port to get to for many Americans because it requires a flight. You can't. Most people cannot drive there from the United States unless you live in Puerto Rico. It's an older ship, uh, but and it serves a different kind of uh, cruise ports, but... Because of that, they have to lower that price, and and this works out great if you're looking for a deal. So look around and look at the times of year as well. Again, during winter right now, which is when this episode is coming out, there's a lot of ships in the in North America and ships that are sailing out of ports that are again not major cruising ports can get you better deals on them. Especially if you live near there, you can drive there, and then you could really stack the savings because you're not paying for airfare. So. The older ships, and you know, this used to be a bigger issue to say to, to cruise on the older ships, but Royal Caribbean is nearly done with its fleet-wide revitalization. I can tell you from first-hand experience, it, it makes a huge difference. I would not hesitate to tell people, you know what, no problem, go ahead and book Splendor of the Seas, go book Vision of the Seas, go you know, go book even some of the newer ships that are getting it, you know, Navigator Seas. You may have heard me talk about wax poetically, in fact, about how amazing the, these changes have been. And I'll tell you, it makes a big difference. So there's, you're not like going on these ships and it feels like a ship from 30 years ago. They have new restaurants. They have new facilities. They've done a, a tremendous job. These refurbishments that Royal Caribbean has done have cost them you know, many, many, many tens of millions of dollars. And it really shows. So these ships are great. They're not going to be you know, necessarily – you're not going to have all the latest – 
doodads and whiz bangs, all the cool things that you see on TV. But you know what? You're going to have a lot of it. The great things Royal Caribbean has come to known and offer. And I still wouldn't hesitate to recommend it. So look for those older ships. They can be a great value for you. Again, save some money. It's more money for you in your pocket, right? And these are some basic tips for finding a deal on a cruise. So basically, it's a matter of looking around, keeping your ear to the ground, and kind of knowing what to look for. And of course, if there are any deals that are out there that you're aware of, and you're saying to yourself, hmm, Matt, you know, you might have missed one here, or here's one I ran into, and this is a great choice. I'd love to hear from you as well. You can email Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. As always, I want to thank each and every one of you for checking out the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. I love doing this for all of you. It's so much fun. And I also want to say a big thank you to everyone who's been submitting these great reviews on iTunes. As I told you in earlier episodes, the iTunes reviews that you can leave really make a difference for the podcast. It's the best way you can help out because it helps let others know that you love the podcast. And then people will decide to check it out for themselves because iTunes will make it more visible to other people. So, And I want to give a big shout out. You know, Maybe we'll start doing this as a regular feature. Shout out to people who leave their reviews on here so the latest review i can see on itunes here is from actually christy from michigan and a great review there and d buculo as well and rob 1176 guys thank you so much for the reviews it really means a lot to me for you to check that out and of course if you have an opportunity it takes like three minutes go to itunes go to the royal caribbean blog podcast you're probably already there anyway listening to this episode and you can go to the page to be able to leave a review it takes like two minutes totally helps the podcast thank you again so much really really appreciate that and let's get to your emails. And our first email is from Quentin. And Quentin writes, Hey, Matt, my wife and I are looking at booking our first Royal Caribbean cruise. I'm trying to convince my wife to book Anthem of these, but she wants to go on Oasis because it's cheaper than eight days on Anthem. What would you recommend as your first Royal Caribbean cruise? And how do I convince her that Anthem is the way to go? This is a really tough question because you're looking at two amazing ships. So, on the one hand, you have Anthem of the Seas, which obviously is not even out yet, but it's coming out very, very soon, coming out in the spring of 2015 and it's going to be again the sister to quantum of the seas and then you have the other option which is oasis of the seas and that's still one of the biggest ships in the world but and it's the class that came before quantum it's still pretty darn brand new gunning uh, the oasis came out just a couple of years ago so you've basically got two pretty new cruise ships but you're looking at that price and this is something that we i often look at and try to decide the option so the great thing about cruising on anthem is that you're going on the latest and greatest. And the great thing about doing that is when Royal Caribbean new cruise ships come out, they often have the best crew on board because what they do is they handpick the best of the best to serve on here because they want to put out the best of the best. on. It's the flagship, right? It's, it's, the, it's the best experience Royal Caribbean offers. They want to have some great crew on board. Number two, you're going to be able to check out everything Royal Caribbean has to offer up to that point. So, when, when a cruise ship is built and launched, it's essentially frozen in time in terms of its features and options at that particular time. Let me give you an example of that. When Oasis of the Seas came out, you know, they had a certain level of, you know, technology that's on board, a certain level of uh, entertainment on board. And that's uh, until there's a refurbishment that comes around. That's all you get. Now, in Anthem of the Seas, we obviously see so much more. We now have C-Plex. We've got... They actually both have the high-speed internet, so that's probably not a great example of that. But they have, you know, new restaurants and new things to try out. But because Anthem is brand new, Royal Caribbean is going to have that premium. We talked a little bit earlier about that in the episode because it's brand, brand new. Now, Oasis still has a premium to it, although not as much as Anthem. You're seeing that price difference. Now, I don't know what the price difference is in your particular case, Quentin, but I would tell you that if you're trying to convince your wife to pick Anthem, I would say this. 
there's nothing like cruising on a brand new cruise ship. There, it's a there's a je ne sais quoi in terms of what it offers to you. You feel a little more, little more bouncy in your step because it's brand new. It's the best of the best. And for your first cruise, why not go out there and check out the best that Royal Caribbean has to offer? And when Anthem comes out here, I'm not sure if you're looking at perhaps sailing out of the United Kingdom or waiting for her to come over to the United States, but that can be a great uh, first experience. It's going to give you the very best Royal Caribbean has to offer. And for someone who's new to the company, it's it's certainly a cruise ship that was built to hook you up on that kind of experience. Now, Force Awakens is a great ship, and saving money is always a good thing. We just talked all about saving money there. But I think what you probably want to do is, you know, again, focus on what this ship has to offer. Oasis offers a lot. There's no question about that. But Anthem is a totally different experience altogether, and it's going to offer you, again, the very, very best of what Oral Caribbean has right now. So it's, you know, the best of the best. That's probably one of the best ways to look at it. Take a look at all of our coverage of Quantum of the Seas and maybe kind of take that in mind in terms of your presentation to your wife about uh, which option is right for you. But, you know, it, it, basically the experience versus the money. And you know what? Spend a little more money. Have a better. Uh, I'm saying you're having a better experience. You're having a different kind of experience. But I think as a first time Royal Caribbean cruiser, that might be right up your alley. So I'm hoping that works out for you. And if not, let me tell you something, Quentin. If you have to go on Oasis, I'm telling you, you're gonna have a great time on board. It's a wonderful ship. So you really can't go wrong in this case. Or you could do what I would recommend: book both. <laughs> That's always a great option, right? Just book book as many cruises as humanly possible, and and that way everyone's happy. So. Thank you very much for the email. Next, we have an email from Billy Hirsch. And Billy writes, Hey, Matt, Luris and I are looking to do an Alaska cruise in 2015 or 2016. Still eager to try Royal Caribbean. I looked but only found the jewel and radiance of the seas are doing Alaska sailings. And the prices are actually higher for a balcony, at least, than on the Celebrity Solstice. Additionally, the Celebrity sailings tend to have better deals regarding onboard credit, drink packages, etc., depending on category when compared to Royal Caribbean sailings. I've been dying to sail on a Solstice-class ship since the Solstice launched, so it seems like a no-brainer, but it made me wonder, what's Royal Caribbean's angle in the market? I know Alaska isn't their big focus, so is it simply that they know that some people are more comfortable and familiar with Royal Caribbean brand, perhaps families? Not suggesting that Jewel and Radiance wouldn't be great experiences, but the difference still surprised me a bit. This is actually a great question, Billy, and you know this is something I actually had to think about for a little while, and I'll, and I'll tell you, they're obviously, Royal Caribbean and Celebrity, those sister companies... They, they're run in very different ways, and they appeal to different things. And I think, Billy, you've heard our episode recently that we did, and I'll post a link in the show notes if you haven't, to our Celebrity versus Royal Caribbean show. Here's the thing about they're, – they're different companies. They, their ships run in different ways. And if you were to go ask a lot of people who've sailed on Celebrity Cruises to Alaska versus maybe people who've sailed on Royal Caribbean ships to Alaska, they'll tell you different things about both. The – Radiance class, which is the two ships you're talking about right there, are a smaller class. They're actually, I'm going to put this in, in Billy terms here, because I know Billy's a big Disney Cruise Line fan. I know Billy from offline, so that's kind of why I know this. But they're basically nearly the same size as the Disney Wonder and Magic. And the Solstice is obviously one of their newer ships. It's a little different. So basically, to me, looking from the outside looking in, I think Celebrity's trying to target that Alaska market, maybe even try to do a little bit better there. Whereas, like... Royal Caribbean is looking at the New York market, and that's why they put Quantum of the Seas there. So, you know, different different strategies going forward. Now, you mentioned one thing, and I think this is uh, an important aspect, is the onboard experience can be a little different. As you know, Celebrity does have a little bit of a reputation, deserved or otherwise, of uh, having a little bit of an older crowd. Now, now I'm not saying like it's a 60-plus crowd. I'm talking like, 
you know, you're going to have less families, more maybe uh, people in their 40s, 50s, and older. Whereas on Royal Caribbean, you might have more families on board. Now, if you've got kids, which I know Billy doesn't, but I'm just going to put this out there for others, you know, that may be a different thing that's out there. Also, if you're looking for nightlife, if you're looking for partying, then perhaps the Royal Caribbean option might be a little bit better. Again, these are things I've just been, I've ex, I've read, I haven't experienced myself in terms of, because I've, as you well know, I haven't been on a celebrity ship, but I've read enough experiences from other people that have said that, you know, the kind of onboard things may be a little different. So again, keep that all that in mind when you're looking at all this. The, you know, the onboard credits, drink packages, and all those kinds of other things, those deals vary from, we're all talking about deals on this episode. Uh, we're all, you know, th- that can vary depending on when you're booking, when you're looking at it. And, you know, keep in mind that prices change constantly and deals change constantly. So, you know, as we said earlier, you may want to book one of them, whether it's Celebrity or Royal Caribbean, and then keep an eye on what those deals are between now and when your final payment is due, because that things may change quite a bit. There's no easy answer. I wish there was. I can tell you. And, and honestly, the Solstice, it sounds like it's a great ship. It, there's a lot of the Celebrity Solstice in the new Quantum class. So, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't fault you for going that route. I think the advantage of going on Royal Caribbean is that you're going to have, you're going to be on a Radiance class ship. And those Radiance class ships are beautiful, in fact. They've been recently refurbished. So they've got, actually Radiance, not Jewel, but Radiance has. And Radiance of the Seas has a lot of new restaurants and I love, what I love about the Radiant class is also just all the glass. It's a beautiful looking ship. There's lots of views of the ocean. It's it's hard to go wrong, basically, with either option. But I think you just got to kind of look at... I think you're going to start looking at intangibles more than just nuts and bolts differences between them. And kind of decide what you're interested in doing. And that may be how you decide which cruise you pick. But let us know what you pick, Billy. Because, you know, I it, it's, it's a tough choice. I'll give you that. And we'll round things out here with an email from our good friend Chris, who appeared in a recent episode as well. And Chris wrote, I proposed to my wife on our first cruise, which is aboard Royal Caribbean's Viking Serenade. My advice to the listener on the last podcast, don't propose on board. If you do so, you won't have that spot to go back to many years from now once that ship is decommissioned. Thus, I'd recommend doing it at a port so that you always have a place to go back to should you wish. I chose a beach, so just research your options on the itinerary you're doing. It's a great point, actually, because, of course, you know, you... Even if you book on Quantum of the Seas, let's say, and that's a brand new ship, probably in the in the fleet for a good twenty years, but you know, it's a thirty years from now, and you want to revisit it. Odds are, it's not going to be in Royal Caribbean's fleet. So, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a pretty good point, Chris. I like that. Thank you for the email. I always love reading other people's thoughts. I never think about every possible angle. So that's very, very good stuff. All right. Well, we're going to, I think, round things out here. And of course, I want to hear from you as well. I love emails. I love reading them on here. So you've got questions, you've got comments, you've got thoughts on anything Royal Caribbean. Emails Matt at Royal Caribbean Blog.com, M A T T at Royal Caribbean Blog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon. <laughs>